WCNC Charlotte. This is Flashpoint. Thanks for joining us here on Flashpoint. I'm Ben Thompson. CMS moving forward with plans to hire a brand new superintendent. On Monday, the district will formally launch its search and the district facing a lot of pressure to find the right candidate this time. CMS has not had a superintendent stay for more than three years and well over a decade. Today in a Flashpoint exclusive, we sit down with the CMS school board member and the firm heading up that search. Joining us now, CMS board member and chair of this search, Summer Nunn, and Percy Mack of BWP and Associates, the search firm hired by the district. Uh, thank you both for coming on. We appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Thank you. All right, Summer, let's act like Percy's not here yet, because I want to okay. ask you, um, for the, I assume our viewers probably are not well-versed in consulting agencies that, that do these searches. So why exactly uh, Percy and his, and his company, BWP? Yeah, so we put out an RFP that outlined who Charlotte Mecklenburg Schools were, is and what we were looking for. And from that, we had 10 responses from search firms. And basically, we're hiring a search firm to help us run the process. One, because they're experienced in it and they've dealt with other school districts of our size, or at least that's what we were looking for. Someone who has experience finding the right superintendent for a large school district such as Charlotte Mecklenburg Schools. And ultimately from those 10, we had created a rubric to evaluate them. And then we narrowed it down to four. We then had interviews with each of the four finalists. And ultimately how we decided on BWP Associates is their approach to the work, um, their team and their experience and how they ultimately shared their experiences and references and their success, which we felt like would align to what we're looking for on the school board to select the next superintendent. All right, Percy, th th this search now getting underway even as we speak. Explain the process for you all over the next two months and what makes it th the best way to find a superintendent? Well, one of the things we look at is what is the district's profile? What are they looking for uh, in a superintendent? And then once we establish that profile, uh, that the district gives us, then then we go out and 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 move toward getting uh, uh, the superintendent candidates. You know, and and uh, to be very honest with you, you know, we've gotten a lot of interest already uh, in regards to uh, Charlotte Mecklenburg, and so that's that's what we do. Uh, we we have associates all over the country. And so as we get these individuals, we do a deep uh, 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 check on each one who applies. And uh, everybody who applies does not go before the board. We, we uh, narrow down that group just like they narrow down the group of search firms. And then we present uh, a, a group of candidates, maybe four to six uh, candidates to the board uh, and uh, our job is to make it very difficult for them to pick one of the one of the ones we give them, because the ones we give them, we're looking at each one being able to do that job. So uh, then it becomes, you know, their call as to which one they want to want to use. You're talking about the profile of CMS and what they're looking for. What 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 distinctive thing, Percy, are, are, is CMS looking for that, say, other school districts wouldn't be? I mean, I would think it would involve some of the same basic qualities, but what's this, what's distinctive about this search? Well, you know, they, they want just what other school districts want. And you know what that is? 
student achievement. They want someone who has a track record in making things happen for kids because that's the that's the goal of a school district to provide the best possible education that it can for the students in their district. They have a, a, over 140,000 students and each one of those students is just as important as the other. And so you have to have someone that that meets that that criteria. Now, some districts might have finance issues. So a superintendent going there might have to have some finance a, a different kind of financial background, um, you know, to to handle some of those situations. But, you know, uh, basically the school districts want someone who will come in and make life great for each and every student in that school district. Uh, Summer, I, I'm not speaking out of turn when I say th there's some would say a little bit of a cloud hanging over this in that that CMS has been through a number of superintendents in the last 10 years, some high profile superintendents as well. Um, who came with amazing credentials and, and, and name recognition um, from the world of education. In those previous searches, what did the district do wrong? Yeah, and I'm not so much what they did wrong, but what they, what they didn't do. And I think the goal of the way we're running the search now is to remove our bias from it. I think one of the challenges boards face is they have to find the profile of someone who is going to be able to deliver on what the board is setting forth. And that also has to be based on what the community is also looking for in that superintendent. So in the fall, we actually did a community engagement on what is important for that profile for the superintendent. And we're actually today in our committee meeting going to speak further with BWP and associates around doing some additional community staff and student feedback on how we develop that profile, but it's also how do we as the school board members work with BWP to actually say, here's what we expect and want from our superintendent. And I think the hard part is making sure that you remove bias from that situation. And one of the reasons we like BWP so much, it's through their process, they are really coming to us, figuring out what we want, and then they're going and finding that. So they're gonna cast a wide net. There's a lot of people out there that could do this job. Like you said, great resumes, high profile names, but we gotta find the right fit for Mecklenburg County and the right fit to work with this board and to deliver on the vision so that we are all focused on the outcomes of our students. So you Percy's right, you, absolutely on that. So I think that's the difference that we're trying to approach is making sure that we are thorough and we remove our bias from that process. You mentioned profile, I asked Percy the same question, but, but in your mind then, what is this person, this profile? What, what are the top three qualities? Yeah, I think, you know, when we looked at what we saw in the fall, a lot of it was very much focused on someone who not only knows how to improve student achievement and close the gap, but also someone who has worked in such a large and diverse school district such as Charlotte Mecklenburg. We are a very diverse and very unique, and that is, that's actually, I think, a benefit to us. But those were two of the main things that we saw from that survey. The other we saw was being visible and working with the community and, and the partners. We have great corporate and nonprofit partners here in Charlotte, and we actually see that as a benefit, but we need someone who has that experience knowing how to do all of that. And those are kind of the three top. We'll continue to refine that a bit more, right? 
Um, but those are the, the three things that we heard from the fall engagement that matter a lot to people. CMS and this search firm facing a tight deadline. More on that coming up after the break. Welcome back to Flashpoint. On Monday, CMS will launch its search for a new superintendent. In a Flashpoint exclusive, we are sitting down with the chair of the search, Summer Dunn, and Percy Mack. He's with the firm tasked with finding the district's next leader. Percy, let's talk um, turnover. And when I say turnover, I don't just mean CMS, I mean in superintendents in general. The turnover rate for superintendents is much higher than, say, the, the average profession out there. Um, what, it, what can you all do as the search firm here to f not only find the right candidate, but also find the right person who's willing to stay and invest in this community? Well, again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back to that profile because that profile is so, so important because every, you know, every district isn't for every superintendent. And, uh, you know, I, I, I work with training of superintendents and I share that with them. I said, you, you know, you have to choose a district where your strengths are, are needed. If, if, if you're not one to be out in the community and, and that type of thing, then if that's what they need, then that's not your district. As you know, some of the prior superintendents, it was an issue if they wanted to leave. In some cases, some of your predecessors on the board decided they didn't want them sticking around any longer. If we're asking this candidate to, to invest and engage in this community, what assurance can the board give that you are going to be invested and engaged in them? Yeah, and, and that starts with this process and why it's so important that we have BWP and associates leading us through that. I think one of the things that we have made a positive step forward is with the student outcomes focused governance. So creating those goals and those guardrails to help guide where the superintendent needs to make improvements and focus. I think one of the unique opportunities are we are actually closing out that first set of goals and guardrails. We will actually start community engagement here this spring for the next five-year plan. So it's actually great timing for a superintendent to come in because the school board, which actually has five new members, so you've got a new slate, if you think about it, over half are new, will be setting these goals and getting feedback from the community and all the local partners, as well as a new superintendent coming in at the same time. So I think it's the perfect time for alignment because the board has to has to oversee the superintendent. And again, it goes back to fit. There's a lot of people that can do this job. And I, I see that in my professional career. But who's going to be the best one that works with the board to deliver on what the community wants? And I think some of that onus is on us as a board, and I think that's where we are committed and why we wanted to hire a great search firm who has had tremendous success in working with boards, which there will be a transition, to make sure there is longevity with the superintendent. And honestly, that's what set BWP and Associates ahead of some is the references had been in places for over three to five years and had seen tremendous success with those boards. Uh, Percy, I, I know that, that you mentioned there's a lot of folks lining up for this job, but I also know that there's a lot of uh, districts lining up for superintendents. It goes both ways. I know Wake County is looking for some. There's several other large districts looking for some. Um, what in your mind, Percy, as somebody who does this for a living, sets CMS, sets Charlotte um, aside from some of those other places? Well, first of all, you know, you got a new board. Um, <clears throat> so that person can grow with that board. Uh, Charlotte is a tremendous area. You know, the arts, colleges, uh, 
other resources for individuals coming to this area. You know, you must remember in most cases, a superintendent doesn't come by himself. He's gonna bring a family with him. So Charlotte is a great family area. It's, it's, it's just a tremendous city, uh, uh, great opportunities, great fine arts, uh, and a school district that is in good shape. You know, that's another piece. You know, sometimes superintendents go places where the school district is not in, in, in good shape, and that's unfortunate. But Charlotte's district is a good district, and that will attract some good people to come into this area and apply for this position. Uh, Summer, let, let me ask you this. Can you give us an indication? Do you think this interim superintendent, Crystal Hill, should be considered for this job as well? Um, I think anyone is encouraged to apply and we will not actually know who's applying on the board and that's part of us removing our bias from the situation. So everyone is encouraged to apply. They will go through BWP and Associates. We are we are posting the vacancy and they've actually started receiving calls prior to us even doing that, but she is welcome to apply. Their job is to work with us to figure out what that profile is and then deliver a slate of candidates that meets that profile. So I encourage everyone to, we want to find the right person um, for this county that's going to take us to the next level. And so, um, you know, I, I don't actually know what's going to happen. That's part of the reason we wanted BWP, because we want to remove ourselves from having any type of say or bias in this situation. Percy, final question. You guys got your work cut out for you uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, you think you'll have this person picked out by April? Well, you know, it, it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a task because we're going to get, you know, I, I think we're going to get great interest uh, in Charlotte Mecklenburg. So then we have to do our work and go into, like I said, we go deep. We don't just do a shallow review of individuals to bring them to the board. You know, like I said, we want we want to bring the type of candidates that the board is going to have to stay up late at night uh, uh, thinking about, well, which one of these should we choose? Because they all are good, you know, that type thing. But uh, I think we can do it. Like I said, we have uh, uh, our associates all over the country. We're excited about the opportunity to work with Charlotte Mecklenburg. And, uh, you know, it'll be a challenge, but BWP will make it happen. All right, Summer Nunn, Percy Mack. Thank you both for coming on. We appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thanks for having us. And best of luck on that search. All right, take care. More Flashpoint after this. Welcome back to Flashpoint. More express lanes could be coming to Interstate 77 in Charlotte. This week, the Charlotte transportation leaders moving forward with a proposal to build managed lanes, as they're called, on I-77 from uptown down to the southern part of Mecklenburg County, the state line with South Carolina. WCNC Charlotte's Julia Kaufman tells us what drivers can expect next. We've been talking about this proposal for months, and now it's finally taken its first step in approvals. Many are hopeful the future express lanes will help alleviate traffic, but some are worried about the company behind the wheel. 
Sintra, the company behind the I-77 express lanes from I-277 to Mooresville, made an unsolicited proposal in February 2022 for an extension. The plan calls for a 9.4-mile stretch of managed lanes on 77 from 277 outside of Uptown to 485 near the South Carolina border. It'll be in the middle of the highway, and Sintra plans to widen the regular lanes. Construction would take five years, with the goal of starting mid-2024 if approved. The board of the Charlotte Region Transportation Planning Organization voted 19-7 to Wednesday night to entertain the proposal. But Mecklenburg County Commissioner Lee Altman says she does not agree with drivers paying for public roads. It offends my sense of basic fairness that some people can whiz by fast in lanes while other people who cannot afford to pay are stuck in slower, more congested lanes. CEO of Carowinds Manny Gonzalez says he's hopeful the express lanes will drive gridlock away from the major tourist attraction. Unfortunately, the only thing that is predictable at this point is that there will be heavy traffic, congestion, and often significant delays on I-77. Some elected officials are concerned about letting Sintra do the job based on delays and miscommunication it had while working on the toll lanes north of Uptown years ago. We had a bad experience. Uh, I, I don't think that the way things happened the last time inspired uh, a desire to kind of go back there and do that again. Transportation leaders say this vote doesn't mean the planning is done or guarantee that Sintra is doing the job. Much more research is needed before the project is in the fast lane. Adding managed lanes are coming to Charlotte regardless. The proposal just speeds up the city's timeline. I believe that tonight's decision is about taking a step. It's about uh, whether or not we want to keep open the conversation. The next step is for NCDOT to conduct an analysis on the proposal. More votes will be needed in the future to move this project forward. Julia Kaufman, WCNC Charlotte. More Flashpoint after this. Welcome back to Flashpoint. In today's Where's the Money report, technology makes a lot of everyday errands a lot easier, like banking, which you can now do totally on your phone. It's less wasted time, and, and since you don't have to go to the bank for multiple transactions, like depositing a check as well. But as WCNC Charles Jane Montreal shows us, there's something you should know before writing your next check. Well, more and more people are depositing checks written out to them using remote deposit capture on their phone. It's basically uploading a picture of the check to your bank's mobile app. You're supposed to destroy the hard copy of the check after it's processed, but some payees are still holding on to that check, then depositing it again months later. That's what happened to the wife of a WCNC employee recently. Fortunately, she was keen enough to catch it, so she's not stuck asking, where's the money? Well, my husband and I were um, looking at our bank account, and we noticed that it looked abnormal. Um, there was a, a good thousand dollars that was missing out of our account and we realized it was a check that was cashed. We thought that our uh, boat mechanic had actually just forgotten to cash the check. He found it and then six months later we deposited it. But I told my husband, I said, I think I remember that check clearing. So I went back through our previous statements and sure enough, it had cleared. So because the $1,000 check had been deposited twice, Lauren Hibbard's account was out $2,000. The Hibbards immediately called their bank. And they were actually able to see that, in fact, the check had cashed twice. In the bank world, this is known as double presentment. 
After conducting their own investigation, Bank of America put the money back in Hibbard's account for the second check deposit. They did say that things like this have happened before, and that's, that's probably the, the biggest shock is, is it wasn't a shock to them. We reached out to Bank of America. It's been over two weeks and have not heard any response. Bob Sullivan, consumer expert and contributor for CNBC, says banks have millions of accounts to look at, but use algorithms to find obvious acts of fraud. Where they set those thresholds is really what the problem is, because if they set them too low, then they're going to be calling you all the time and bothering you with too many complaints. So with something like two identical $1,000 checks, in this case, the bank's threshold was set high enough that they let that go through instead of flagging that as an obvious scam. Don't just assume that just because it's a big bank that things like this can't happen because we were kind of shocked it did happen. Hibbard says she'll think twice before writing a check again. And keep in mind, this could happen to you even if you don't use mobile banking. So it's a good idea to go over your bank statements regularly and see that nothing is out of the ordinary. Jane Monreal, WCNC Charlotte. All right, folks, that's going to have to do us for this edition of Flashpoint. Come interact with us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook as well. And if there's something you want us to cover on Flashpoint, the good thing is we have time to talk, talk about it here. You can go in depth. And as always, remember to listen and subscribe to our podcast. You can find it wherever you get yours. And we'll see you back here next week for another edition of Flashpoint.